Hi, my name is Jerry Brody, and uh, I've been attending Life Church with my family for about four years now. And uh, knowing uh, some of the history behind the church, uh, and uh, that it started out with 35 people, and to the point where uh, it has grown to the point where it is now today, and uh, it's just amazing to see what God has done. And um, it, it's it's just interesting. To, to just see the move of God in this place and what he's doing in the lives of people. And as we contemplate this building program, uh, my heart has been stirred to the point where it's, it's not just, a, just about a building program, it's about what God wants to do in, the, in, in his people. And I believe that as a result of, of what he has done in the past 12 years, since the beginning of Life Church to where, he is, where things are now, um, I just believe that God is raising up people and building their faith and, and just doing a work in people's hearts so that they, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a change in the people and people are going to be, I just sense that people are going to be more in tune with what God is doing and more obedient to what uh, he's called them to do. And even though we're talking about a building program here, um, we're talking more about lives and, and what God has already done and what he's going to continue to do. Um, I just see that, and just in our own, my own life, I've, I've got a granddaughter who's three that doesn't know the Lord yet, but I expect that one day she'll be here at Life Church and she'll come to know the Lord through her father and through her grandparents and, and through the emphasis of Life Church that helps. And, and I believe that one day she's going to be uh, inviting others to come here. So it's, a, it's, it's just what God is doing and what he's going to continue to do through people. I just want to encourage anyone to just step out in faith and trust and believe God and get a hold of what he wants and, and just believe what and, and, and act upon what you feel in your heart that God wants you to do in this place and through this place because God is at work and he's going to continue to do the work in you and he's going to continue to do the work that he wants to do at Life Church. Welcome today to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Joshua chapter 3. And this weekend, I just want to take a few minutes. Uh, and uh, really, we're kind of coming to a, uh, an end of this uh, series called Heart for the House. So what God wants to do in and through Life Church, what God wants to do in and through you. Uh, and, uh, and we're really talking today about how God wants to partner with you and with me to do the supernatural, to put the super onto our natural. And, um, uh, and as, we're, as we're at this place, I want to just remind you that next weekend, is, uh, Kevin said, is going to be our commitment weekend. And uh, so uh, as you're receiving those commitment cards, you don't do anything with them today. Just take them, pray over them, process over them. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, you know, just disregard them. It's just the easiest way to get them out to everybody. And, uh, but next weekend, we'll have our commitment weekend together. And I just want to encourage you as you are discussing this, as you're praying this, you're processing this, not just to ask, what can I do? God, what do you want to do through me? Uh, God, what do you want? How do you want me to partner with you? 
And as you leave today, too, you're going to receive a card that says Creative Ways to Give, and it's just another way that uh, just gives you information. Our, my, my heart is that uh, through this whole journey uh, that uh, you may, you're involved, you're informed, and you're in prayer about what God wants to do because my desire is that all of us take this journey together. And, uh, and in this Heart for the House series, as we've been talking, and we started in week one talking about vision, that vision is a, is a picture of a preferable future. And that God has that for his church, but he also has that for you as a Christ follower. And that that vision is activated, we talked about in week two, with a life of surrender. When you completely surrender yourself unto God, then you activate the vision and the plan, the purpose he has for you. When we as a people do that unto the Lord, God shows up and does that in our lives. And then we talked about in week three that God is speaking. Are we listening? That can you hear the voice of God that he wants to speak to you? He wants to lead you through his word and through the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, last weekend we talked about when he speaks, will you walk in the power of obedience? It was interesting even last week as I was preaching in one of the weekend messages, um, uh, you know, I, I do four of these live and then and the two are video venue and, um, and there's along with the online campus. And uh, at the end of one of my messages, again, I have expired my time much throughout this process. My wife keeps telling me, you have got to just compact this down. These people are dying. They're here just wah, 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 wah. And so I was one of those deals, and I was at the end of the service, and I really felt like that the Lord spoke to my heart, that there was a lady in church who was ready to give her life to Christ. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, I don't have time. This clock is, uh, uh, they're telling me and my wife. And, and, and it was like God said, hey, are you going to live what you preach? You're just going to get up there and preach it, preacher man. God ever talk to you like that, you know? Okay, Lord. So here I go, and I'm just going, I mean, I'm not really teeing this up for a salvation altar call or whatever. And boom, three people gave their life to Christ in that one service last weekend. That's the only service I did that in. Afterwards, I had a couple of staff members say, what was that? I said, man, that was just the Lord, Holy Spirit leading me that there was someone that was ready to give their life to Christ. Three people raised their hand in that service. Uh, you know, it was a lightest attended service that weekend. But, I mean, it was just like God's moving. And it just was another confirmation to me. Aaron, are you going to trust me to obey? Because I'm going to speak. Are you listening? And when I speak, are you going to do what I ask you to do? And I think that's for all of us. And today I just want to talk to you about living life in that miracle territory. When those things come together, when that vision and the surrender and hearing the voice of God and then obeying him. And when he speaks and you obey him, the miracles begin to happen. And that's been probably one of the greatest delights over the last several weeks of doing this series has been hearing the stories, hearing the testimonies, hearing the, reading the emails from you who said, man, God has challenged me in ways I've never been challenged before. God has spoken to me in ways that he has, God's revived some things in me. God, God has awakened some things in me. I, 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 the faith, the vision, the passion that's, that's being stirred in our congregation as a group and as individual, it's just been inspiring to me. And, and again, that's, that's what Heart for the House is all about. It's about, as a church, it's about us building a facility to facilitate the life change that God's doing here. That's all it is. As we provide seats, God always provides souls. And it's the vision of what he wants to do. And last week we talked about how Joshua stepped into the big shoes of following Moses and listened to the voice of God and obeyed the voice of God and today I want to, to, to pick back up in Joshua chapter 3 
where the nation of Israel, under the leadership of Joshua, they're on the edge of this river Jordan, and they're needing a first miracle. They're needing God to show up, and God provides this miracle, the first of many that he'll do throughout the book of Joshua. And and I want to say this, because I'm going to walk you through. There, There are five basic marks or five common denominators that anytime you see a miracle happen in Scripture, this typically happens this way. And, uh, and so I just want to walk you through those, those, those five simple marks of, of miracle territory because it happens in the Bible this way. It happens in our life this way. It's the reason why God's given us in his word. The, the first mark that we see is, is need. Uh, there's need. There's, there, there's a problem. I mean, Joshua's a leader. The people are now following him, and the pressure is on him to lead the people. They are now going to have to cross the River Jordan. And, and in verse 1 of Joshua chapter 3, it says it like this. Early in the morning, Joshua... And all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Why did they camp before crossing over the Jordan River? Because the river at that time was at flood stage. And he has all of these people. He has all of their belongings. They've been a nomadic people for the last 40 years. And this entire entourage now has to cross over this river and to begin to possess the promise that God has for them. See, need can drive you to God or away from God. You choose. But anytime you face a problem, you face need, it will either drive you to God or away from God. But the one that chooses is you. You you will either say, oh God, I need you to show up. Oh God, here's where we are. Oh God, the the river is at flood stage. And how are we going to get over? This is bigger than us. We don't have the ability to to call the Army Corps of Engineers and and build a bridge. I mean, we we don't have the ability to to stop everything. It is now. It's go time. It's where we're at. And so God, I need you to show up. And, And the reality is, is that when you find yourself in that need territory, when you find yourself, when the problem is bigger than you, that's when you need a miracle. If you can figure it out, you don't need a miracle. If you can write a check for it, you don't need a miracle. If you can arrange it and you can figure it out, you can swipe your way to get out of the problem, you don't need a miracle. But when you find yourself where your back's against the wall, there's no place out but up, and you're there and you're saying, oh God, I need you to show up, then that's when you began to see a need that only God can do. You began to see a problem in a situation that only God can answer. You began to ask a question that only he can answer. And that's just kind of where we are right now at Life Church, isn't it? I mean, we're at a place right now where if we could add another service, if we could just put seats in the parking lot, I mean, you know, it'd be great. But we can't. And so at, at a certain point in time, you, you just go, okay, Lord, we're going to continue to do what you've asked us to do. And we're going to continue to facilitate what you're doing. Because the Bible says the increase comes from the Lord. The Bible says that unless, unless God builds, a, builds the house, he who labors, labors in vain. We understand this is your heart. This is the great commission, the great commandment. And so, Lord, the need for this facility is beyond what we have the ability to just budget and to just write. God, we need you to show up. And in our own lives, it's those times where we go, God, there's only one way out, and that's with you. There's a need that's beyond me. There's a need that's bigger than me. Not a need I can arrange, not a need I can fix, but it's a need beyond me. The second mark is humility. It's humility. We see, as we read on in verse 3 and 4, giving orders to the people, Joshua says this, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and to follow it. For then you will know which way to go, since we have never been this way before. That's an interesting verse. Just a line, just highlight that. But keep a distance, about 2,000 yards, between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Now, here's what you have to understand. The Ark of the Covenant, 
represented the power and the presence of God. And so the ark would always go first. Whenever, throughout the Old Testament, when they would have the ark of the covenant with them, the power of God with them, they'd win the battles, they would defeat their enemies. It didn't matter how formidable their foes were, they would overcome. But when they lost the ark of, the, of God, when, when they, or when they didn't bring the ark of the covenant with them, they were just, they were toast. And so God speaks very clearly to, 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 to Joshua. And Joshua understands this principle. He's seen this, this, this Ark of the Covenant work in the Old Te- and throughout these 40 years in the desert. And, and, and as they've been kind of wandering in the wilderness. And he understands that the power of God, the presence of God has to go first. Why? Because they've never been that way before. Some of you, as we're talking even about like this heart for the house, this building campaign, you've never been in anything like this before. Some of you, you're a first generation Christ follower. You've never been this way before. Some of you, you, you are being stretched over the last couple of weeks to listen to the voice of God and you've never thought about hearing the voice of God before. Some of you are being stretched to obey the voice of God and you, a, a voice that you don't even realize was even active. You just thought that he only spoke to the pastor and this pastor spoke to you and as long as you got your time in on Sunday or Saturday, you were okay. And you realize, contrary to that God is a speaking God and he's looking for a listening people and when if we will listen and surrender and obey, he has a vision not just for this church, but he has a vision for you and for your family and for your marriage and for your business. And so the reality is, is that we find ourselves in situations, I've never been this way before. And anytime you find yourself in a situation where you've never been that way before, let him lead. The Bible says that we are followers of Jesus. That Jesus doesn't go behind us and drive us. He goes before us and he leads us. And anytime we try to get around God, like hit the fast lane because he's not going fast enough. You ever been there before? <coughs> Excuse me. That's when we find ourselves in trouble. That's when we find ourselves in deep weeds. We have to humble ourselves before the Lord and go, I've never been this way before. I've never been in this situation before. I don't know how to handle this. The mark of a great leader is, a, is, is the person in the room that says, I don't have the answer, but we'll figure it out. They're not the person that tries to, tries to outsmart all the other employees, right? And then walk in the room and strut in the room like they've got all the answers. Just to say, I don't know, but I know one that does. I don't have it all figured out, but I don't. But the world says, don't let them see you sweat. But God's word just says, hey, just acknowledge, I've never been this way before. But he has, and he's the one that I'm following. And as long as I'm following him, as long as I'm leaning on the everlasting arm of Jesus, I have nothing to fear. Calvin and Hobbes, the little cartoon, I love it, says, you may have water, but don't forget that God brings the rain. You may have water today, but don't forget God is the one who brings the rain. He is our source. And the key is only God can be our source. And and even as we're walking through this process of heart for the house as a church, God is our source. Our source isn't me. (laughs) Our source isn't some schematic plan or design. Our source isn't some some marketing campaign. Our source isn't some fat cat that's going to write some big, fat, nasty check. Our source is him. Amen? And and I think sometimes we we forget that. I think we look to our companies to be our source. We look to our 401Ks to be our source. We look to our own abilities to be our source. We look to our network to be our source. We look to our minds to be our source. And I think it's very easy when you hear me say that to go, that's easier for you because you're in the church world. The reality is, is that I have, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever, how many people are here on a weekend, 100 people looking at me saying, you said, 
And you said, <laughs> and you said, and you let, no, it's not any easier here than it is there. Matter of fact, I'm declaring it, and I have to live it out, which sometimes is a little bit more uh, difficult than, than, than you because you can kind of hide these words in your heart that you might not send against God. For me, it's everybody's out here. Okay, man, he's either a liar, a lunatic, or he's right, but something's going to happen. It's humility to say, I don't know, but he does. Never been this way before, but he has. He's the source. Always, every time you see a miracle happen, there's a humbling. There is an acknowledgement that God is the only way. If you don't need that, great, go on with your bad self. But if you're in need of a miracle, I'm telling you, you have to have a need that's greater than you. You have to be willing to humble yourself before the Lord. The third, the third mark of any miracle is partnership. Partnership. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, set yourself apart. Basically, give yourself, surrender yourself unto God. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. That word among you. God's not just going to do amazing things out there. God's not just going to do amazing things out on the river. God's not just going to do amazing. But among you, he's going to do amazing things. God always partners with his people. Now, why does he do that? I don't know. I think it'd be much easier on God probably easier on us if he just did it like the heavens just opened up and boom there it was right but in some way it works our faith and it helps us to lead the relationship and to understand and to trust him because we're on this journey we're walking this journey out and we walk by faith and not by sight and the reality is it's a partnership without God I cannot but without me he will not don't forget that without God I cannot but without me, he will not. God doesn't just do miracles just because. God doesn't just display his, his miraculous miracle signs and wonders just because. He chooses to show up in our lives in ordinary people, sometimes in no-name people in Scripture, and says, I'm going to do something great. There's a need that's bigger than them. There, there, there's a situation that's beyond them. They're humbling themselves before me, and they're asking for my help, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to divinely partner with them. And in doing so, I'm going to make a statement to this world. God never does miracles alone. He always works in concert with you and I. Always, always, always. That's why I'm talking about this every single weekend. Heart for the house. God wants to do something in you and through you. Don't just do what you can budget. What does God want you to do? What do you trust him to do? Don't just look at what you have the ability to do. God, what do you want from me? God, how do you want to work? Because he wants to show up and do amazing things. Because when he does amazing things and he partners with you, you begin to trust him. See, we sing that song, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust him, just to take him at his word." When you don't know him, you don't take him at his word. But as you've walked with him and as you've talked with him, it's that old song, "'What a friend we have in Jesus.'" As I've walked with him and talked with him, as I've experienced life with him, as I've trusted him, as he's proven himself faithful, then all of a sudden, I'm able to trust him for this and for that and for the other. I'm able to trust him in my marriage. I'm able to trust him in my business. I'm able to trust him with my kids. I'm able to trust him with my future. It's partnership. Without me, he will not. And without him, I cannot. And the fourth mark is obedience. Always obedience. And I hammered this last week, but it's obedience. Verse 6, Joshua says to the priest, Always speaks to the leadership first. Take the Ark of the Covenant, the power, the presence of God, and pass it on ahead of the people. So they took it and they went up ahead of him. Now skip on down to verse 9 because the other verses, 
Joshua's hearing the voice of the Lord, and then he goes in verse 9, and he communicates it to the people. Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God, verse 10. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Pezrezites, the Termites, every other ite, right? Just going right down. Verse 11. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord um, of all the earth will go will into the Jordan ahead of you. Presence of God will always go. God always leads. We always follow. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth will set foot in the Jordan. Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and will stand in a heap. Now here's the way God works. It's kind of like, have you ever played pool? And like somebody that really is really good, they call their shots before they make them. They're not like lucky dogs like me. Like I'm just going to, right? And, and, and if you play with someone who really is skilled at the game, they can call every single shot on the table because they know what they're going to do. And that's where you get kind of wild when you're going, you know, like, there's no way they can do that. And then they do it. It's like, oh, my goodness. God calls his shots before he does it. God, God doesn't just happenstance do things. He speaks to Joshua, the leader. God always works through authority. And Joshua speaks to the leaders of the church. And says, here's what I want you to do. Go take, the, go take the Ark of the Covenant and go before. Then, God, then Joshua pulls away and he listens to the voice of the Lord and he goes immediately to the people and he says, this is what God is saying to you. Because remember, the leader is only really the puppet. And God, he, he, he's the puppeteer. He, he's, the, he's the master. Joshua is just the voice. Don't ever get enamored with the person. That, that's the power of God. That has nothing to do with that person. That has, there, anytime you see God working through, when an infinite God flows to a finite creature, uh, th- that is the power of God. That has nothing to do with that person. God speaks through Joshua. And as he speaks through Joshua, he tells, Joshua tells the people, here's what God says. God calls a shot. Here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow, this Jordan River that's at flood stage, I'm going to do a first miracle in front of you. The Ark of the Covenant is going to go ahead of you. You're going to be 2,000 yards behind it, but you're going to be close enough to be able to see it. And when their feet hit the water, it's not going to be dry before they get there, but when their feet hit the water, you're going to see the upstream flow completely stand at a heap. The last time they had seen this was when they left Egypt to pursue the promised land. Sometimes God does things that are similar just to reiterate, hey, I'm still God. Got it? Don't, don't forget, I'm God with a capital G, not lowercase. I'm the Lord your God. I'll have no other gods before you, commandment number one. I'm the God who spoke the world into existence. I'm the God who called you by name. I'm the God who constructed the genetic DNA code that works through your system that no other six billion people on the planet have. I'm him. I can do this any day of the week. I can call my shot and I can do it any time over and over and over because I'm God. And the Bible says they obey. They obey. There's something about everybody. Listen, everybody heard what Joshua said. Everybody's there. But unless they obey, they never see the fruition. Unless they obey, they never see the fruit of their labor. Unless they obey, they never see God perform a miracle. I'm just telling you. Some of you are listening to me, and God's speaking to you about what he wants to do in your life and what he wants to do in this church through you, and you have a choice. Are you going to obey? 
And if you'll obey, you'll see the miracle of God because God will call the shot ever before it happens. But if you say no, then you'll sit on the sidelines and you'll watch it happen with your Diet Coke and your bag of Funyuns because it will happen because he's God. And he will do what he wants to do because he's God. But he wants to partner through you. He wants to connect to you. And he wants to do it not for his glory, not just for that, but to reiterate to you that he's God he's got it all under control. I love what Oswald Chambers says about obedience. Never try to explain God until you've obeyed him. Because the only part of God we understand is a part of God we've obeyed. I'm telling you, I'm I'm preaching better than you're shouting. And the last thing that we see, the last mark is always faith. There's always faith. Faith. The evidence of things hoped for, uh, the the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Speaking things that are not as though they are. The world calls that crazy, God calls it faith. Because it's not based upon my ability, upon your ability, it's based upon him. Look at verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. They heard the voice of the Lord, they packed everything up, and they went to the river. You see, when you put yourself where miracles happen, you'll see miracles happen. Some of you wonder why you don't see miracles happen because you never put yourself in a position to see miracles happen. If you want God to do a miracle in your life, then you have to put yourself in a position where you need to see a miracle happen. And it's not always easy. Here's the reason why. Because, first of all, it's not comfortable. Right? And comfort is, is public enemy number one in the life of a Christ follower. Because we, in of our own human state, we don't like to be, uh, dis- we don't like to be in position, especially as Americans. I'm not beating up on this. I'm, I like everything nice and soft. And I mean, you can tell I'm, this body is not chiseled out. I mean, I, I don't like, I like comfort too. But, but, but my, my point is, is that that keeps us sometimes from seeing the miraculous happen. That keeps our churches stale. That keeps our relationship with God cold. And that keeps us from passing on this powerful relationship with Jesus Christ in a vibrant way to the next generation. But if we'll get out of the boat and we'll get out of our comfort and we'll just trust him and walk in faith and trust him and believe in him and take him at his word and lean so heavily upon God's word that if it were to move, we'd fall. That's not comfortable, but we'll see it happen. Another reason why faith isn't always easy is because it doesn't always make sense. Paul the Apostle says in the New Testament, speaking of the things in God, on this side of eternity, we know in part and we see in part. I'm just going to be honest with you. There are things that happen, even in our midst, that I don't understand. I, I, I don't know why. I, I would have done it different. I would have done a different timetable. But, but the more I, I walk this out and the more that I trust the Lord and the more that, more that he leads me and the more that I follow Then I began to look back and go, ah, that makes sense. I didn't see that. I didn't understand that. Because we see through time through a continuum that's very linear, that's very beginning and end. It's just one constant line. But God has the ability to see our life and the continuum of our life and suspend it in eternity and see it from a 360-degree view in any direction that he wants to and how it impacts the other 6 billion people on this planet because your life does have a ripple effect. So does mine. This church has a ripple effect. So, so do the churches that are on this planet and how that affects the kingdom of God and what God wants to do because God ultimately is putting everything towards we're, you know, from, in Scripture, we're moving from the garden to the city. We're moving from the Garden of Eden to the new Jerusalem, to the new city that God's going to build. Revelation chapter 19, 20, and 21. 
And so sometimes we see in part and we know in part. And that, that requires us to have faith. And we don't really do well with faith because we like to be able to, to budget it out, figure it out, put it out. And I'm just telling you, if you have to close the loop on everything, if you have to leave everything, if you're type A personality like me and you got to make sure everything's all buttoned down, you're going to have a hard time serving God because he's just going to do things just to jack with you. Right? I'm just going to be honest, just to say, I'm just going to mess this up. Boom. Let's just see what Aaron does with that one. He is going nuts. Like a termite in a yo-yo. That kid's going round and around and around until Aaron comes to the end of himself. And then all of a sudden I go, okay, God, you're God. And I'm not. And I don't understand this, but I'll try Trust in you. Here's my proverb says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll guide and direct your path. Now, let's look, let's look at the miracle. I love the miracle. Verse 15, 16, and 17. Let's read this. Now, the Jordan was at flood stage during the harvest. And as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water. They had to touch the water. You, that, that's kind of scary, right? I mean, you're right there. You've heard the voice of the Lord. Here you have him do it in front of all these people. Because and, and, remember, the people didn't hear that. It was Joshua that heard that. Verse 6, 16. And the water from upstream immediately stopped flowing. Verse 17. Then the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant stopped in the middle of the Jordan. And they stood on dry ground. While the entire nation of Israel passed... God always goes before. He never sends you. He leads you. And they, drew, and they crossed on dry ground. And as you read the rest of the passage, as soon uh, uh, Joshua, God commands Joshua to have one of each of the 12 tribes of Israel, one of the leaders, to go back into the middle of the brook in the middle of this river, and to take a stone. And they built an altar because they wanted the children to remember, this is where God showed up. You will take your kids back in this room one day, in this room, and you will say, this is where we got saved. This is where we found Jesus. I remember when I was sitting here in the last service before we went to the new sanctuary. I remember what God did in that room. Don't ever forget what he's done in this room. Don't ever forget the miracles that have happened in this place. We've never despised any kind of small beginnings. We've just embraced what God's doing. And that God gave us his prime property at a prime price at a prime place. And God called it holy. And we've used it for the glory of God. Amen? But you'll come back in this room. And you'll remember those times. Because you'll remember when God showed up and God worked a miracle. God always works the miracle. And the miracle with heart for the house, it's going to be expressed through giving. I don't know how else to say it, but, but I mean, the, the total cost of the project is $4.9 I'm not taking up an offering today. I'm just explaining. And our goal next weekend is to, is to have commitments, not cash on hand, but commitments of $3 million. And then the following weekend, we're going to be bold enough to say, hey, we're going to take a first fruits offering that you don't give everything that you've pledged, but, but based on what you've pledged, based on what you've committed next weekend, that the following weekend, we're going to give you an opportunity to be able to give an offering that all of that goes in that direction. But you're going to have an opportunity because it's going to take a miracle for that to happen. It's going to be something that's beyond us. And I'm just going to be honest with you, if I could just say it this way. If I didn't have to do this, I wouldn't do this. But this is where we are. It's what God's asked. So, okay. Palms up, God. This is your vision. We surrender. We listen. We obey. We're going to see the miracle take place.
And this, this giving, giving is always expressed in one of three ways. It's, it's either what can I afford? You know, what, what do I have the ability to afford? What, what, what can I do? Or it's expressed in, well, what can I sacrifice? I'll give this up and I'll give this to the church. And the problem with both of those is it's about you. It's not about him. It's about what I can do, what I have the ability to give up. I don't want you to ask that question. The highest level of giving is not what can I give or what can I sacrifice, but it's what can God do through me. Because I believe for some of you, this is just going to be a miracle that's going to happen in your own life, that God's going to flow through you to, to, to do what he wants to do here, to build his church, and he's going to bless you in the process, and your faith is going to, to, to raise. It happens every single time. That's what, that's what Jerry was talking about on that video. I asked Jerry to, to say something because at the end of the day, I, I, he was talking to me one day, and he stopped me after a service, and he just said, he said, all these young couples, they don't realize that what you're asking them to do is to go on a journey as a church that really is going to have more benefit to them than anything that's, that's concrete or that's physical, but that their faith is going to be expanded. Because what you're asking them to do, Pastor, is not ask them what they can do or what they can give up or sacrifice, but just simply to listen to him. And for many of them, Pastor, I mean, this is happening right out in the foyer here at the Germantown campus. For many of them, this is the first time that they've really gotten serious in a concrete way to say, okay, God, I surrender all. Okay, God, speak. And they're a little bit, you know, scared of what he's going to say. But if they will, Pastor, if they'll just listen, and they'll just do. God will do exceedingly abundantly in their life. And he said, that's what I'm so excited for. Is this isn't what we have the ability to budget or to do. It's something that only God can do. And I, after that, I was like, hey, Jerry, why don't you just come up and do the talks? Because, I mean, that's, that's great. It's miracle territory. God wants to partner with us. God wants to partner with you. Will you partner with him? The need's there. Will you humble yourself personally? Not to me. You don't owe anything to me, but to him. Will you partner with him? Will you obey as he speaks and then walk in faith? Because if you will, you'll see those things happen in your life. I want to pray for you today. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're doing. And I just ask, oh God, for the miracles just to be released through your hand, through your doing. God, nothing that's connected to me, nothing that's connected to, 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 to anyone, that anyone will be able to say, well, that's because of, that's because of. No, God, I just pray sovereignly. Call the shot and do the miracle. And help us just to be willing to lead because we've never been this way before. And let us not miss the opportunity to see you do it in our midst. Not to hear somebody else talk about it, but to see it done in our midst. Father, I just pray that as we humble ourselves, as we partner with you, which is a crazy thought, but it's how you work, as we obey and we walk this thing out in faith, which is an untangible, uncomfortable place to be, I pray, oh God, that you would meet us there and that you, God,
God would do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could think or ask. In Jesus' name, amen.